step right up its nail to Halo by Halo journey through the music of Nine Inch Nails. I'm Blake. I'm Jessica. Welcome to the final, the final tracks of the Fragile, Part Six. That's if you're listening along in your vinyl, Disc Three, Side B, mm-hmm. or the last four tracks of your CD. So it's. I'm looking forward to joining you finally. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to ending this finally. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm having fun. The big come down. Underneath it all. Ripe. With decay. Oh, that wasn't on In my some vinyl formats. disc. <laughs> we just listened to the vinyl disc just now, and decay was not there, folks. Uh, not well. We'll get to our thoughts on that. But if you listen on CD, it's on there and yep. cassette. Yeah, you got the decay. Let's set the scene a little bit. We're recording at a different time. Oh yeah, this is our brunch cast. That's right. It's the first time we've had a brunch cast. I think instead of uh, Trentinis or. Uh, Hot Trenties. Trenties. We're drinking Bloody Trenties. Bloody Trenties. Mm -hmm. My favorite brunch drink. Some people are mimosa people. I'm a Bloody Mary person. And don't ask me for the Bloody Trenty recipe. It's just a lot of pickles. But Jess has a different one. She has Hers is garlic olive based. I love garlic stuffed olives. They're the best. It's become a new obsession. Mm. But uh, yeah, we're recording this a little bit. We're recording this at a different time because uh, this week has been weird. I've been sick, had a nasty cold all week, and we thought my voice might sound a little bit better during the day. My cold medicine hits different during the day. It just hits different. If our voices sound a little bit sexier, (laughs) you know why, because she's got a cold. I have no excuse. You're just always sexy. I'm just built like that. Yeah, but we actually have sunlight in the Ox recording studio today. We have the blinds yeah, open. This is maybe, could this be, well, this is one of the first nailed the episodes s- where natural light is coming in. That's right. The smell of sunshine. Oh, okay. Appropriate. Mm-hmm. I can't smell it. Can Well, you've got a cold, so. I can't smell anything. Yeah. I'm telling you, I see a little bit of the sunshine. I'm not necessarily smelling it. We'll talk about if sunshine has okay. a smell. It does. And, does it? Uh, oh, yeah. What? Oh, I want to. Yeah. We're gonna have to see what Bill Nye says about that, because <laughs> I don't know the science behind it. Bill Nye, only scientist I trust. Um, okay, so these last four tracks, I'm eager to get through them. And thank God it's not six tracks like last episode. I'm just <laughs> it's so much easier comparatively. Yeah, I feel like we're just gonna breeze through these. Yeah, instead of preparing like 50 clips, I prepared like 30. That's nice. Do we even have Nine Inch News this time? I don't have anything. Do you okay. have anything? Yeah, I no, I don't even think we have Nine Inch News. Um, off the top of my head, there's not a lot. We talked about like Empire of Light dropping last time, I think. Uh huh. Um, we're in a, we're just in a holding pattern, waiting for <laughs> to see what happens next. That's okay. It doesn't always have to be news. Yeah, I'm waiting for the Mank to drop. I'm waiting for oh, those yeah, definitive editions of the Slip in Year Zero to drop. Well, that's been the last five years or more. Yeah, I keep thinking this this year is going to be the year, guys. Fingers crossed. Somebody posted on Reddit, r slash Nin. It was like a screenshot of the coming soon on the Nin store on mm-hmm. like Year Zero vinyl. Yeah. And they're like, is this ever coming soon or what and somebody's like all all the replies are like uh you new here (laughs) (laughs) new fan huh (laughs) welcome yeah welcome to the fandom 
Okay, well, if there's no news, what kind of research we got behind these uh, dope tracks? Well, let's start with I'm looking forward to joining you finally. Um, I'm looking forward to the longest title on the album, finally, I think. I always remember it. the text stuck out way further than any of the others. Yeah, this is like his Lana Del Rey era. Yeah, exactly. It's got a, <laughs> got a comma in there. Have you seen some of the track titles on her new album? No. Can not, I just read I one track title to you, please? Sure. Is it called? Sorry, like, this is our Lana Del Rey corner for Lana uh, Del Rey fans. Okay, instead of Nine Inch News, it's the Honeymoon Corner or whatever. Is it called like uh, drinking watered down Miller Lights on the veranda at sunset? No, it's called um, uh, it's called drinking bloody Trentinis <laughs> while podcasting. While podcasting. So number one, the album was delayed until March twenty uh, fourth. When so was it gonna be? I think it was March eleventh. So it's just a couple of weeks. That's down. what a strange delay. Just a couple of weeks. Maybe it's like yeah. vinyl manufacturing issues. Maybe that, and she dropped that dope uh, nude. It's not nude. Not nude, but the the alternate an, another alternate album cover. Nipple cover. Yeah. Okay. So track number eleven is called. I love what? this so much. What? Grandfather, please stand on the shoulders of my father while he's deep sea fishing. Oh, God. She's in her Hemingway era, for real. <laughs> <laughs> She's in her, in her Mad Libs era. Mm. Well, good thing that like 75% of the fandom is also uh, LDR. I don't think that's true at all. I think yep. a lot of people were just very annoyed by this segue. L- LDR but. times NIN. No, we're finding a lot of people who are fans of both. Like a lot. Like I was shocked how many, but I'm sorry to the other. We will end this segment now because people are turning it off. Okay. The other half. Anyway, I'm looking forward to joining you finally. So the song credits um, says for Clara and Clara is uh, Reznor's maternal grandmother who died um, while he was recording this album. So, and if you listen to the lyrics, they do have like a, um, there are parts that have this very kind of nostalgic quality to them like the smell of sunshine i remember sometimes flowers flowers are mentioned yes so what stands out to you about this track and then the big come down more than other tracks i was thinking about that as i was going through them they're both in their own way really minimal and simple that's Mm -hmm. what i was thinking even though they're both great in their own way there's a lot going on if you really dig into them what stands out to you the most though um for both this and big come down mm-hmm. um now you know how i feel whenever you grill me it's not good <laughs> no it's fine it's good i like the intellectual challenge uh-huh. what stood out to me about both of them was that there it there's not a lot to them when you pull them apart they're they're simplistic in a way i don't mean that in like a negative way because i like both of them Mm -hmm. especially the big come down but what what were you gonna say the percussion oh okay well this one has like big this is the tom waits percussion that we talked about way back when big banging pots and pans hitting Mm -hmm. buckets yeah big come down's a little bit different to me but we'll get to it but what were you gonna say 
Yeah, no, I just think the percussion stands out on both tracks. They're both heavy percussion tracks. Yes. Um, And so to talk about the percussion, and I'm looking forward, I'm going to read some quotes from Mulder. And I might have read parts of these before. Yeah, that's okay. Um, But this is from 2000. And then I'll read another quote from Mulder from 2010. So, okay. So Alan Mulder said in Sound on Sound magazine, we all kind of liked that Tom Waits type of unusual drum sound, and we said, mm. well, let's do something like that. So we had a shopping trip to a percussion store and bought loads of different instruments, and then we amassed as much junk as we could from around the studio, various size boxes, empty water bottles, and so on. I set Trent up in a small area in one of the live rooms surrounded by all this junk <laughs> so that he could use different mallets to hit things and make them resonate without having to worry too much about how they would sound. Trent was swimming in trash. <laughs> Just hitting stuff with (laughs) mallets. This sounds like a fun day. There was a screen on each side of this massive stuff, and I had PZMs on those. What's a PZM? I believe it's a contact microphone. Let me double check that. (laughs) Okay, yeah, they used these type of, uh, not a contact mic, but a boundary microphone. They talked about using these types of microphones on the downward spiral when they would set them up in the uh, Manson kitchen or whatever and bang on some drums. So I guess they were still doing this technique, but at nothing studios and the boundary mic is something you lay flat on like the floor. Okay. And it kind of, it collects the room sound a little bit better than a close mic. Okay. And then a bit further back, about eight feet away, there was an S A S S P stereo mic. I don't know if I'm saying that right. So people can yell at me. We'll yeah, say, I've never heard of this. I'm just going to call it a sassy, saspy stereo mic. <laughs> I just looked it up. Crown Audio. I've never seen it in my life. But stereo mics are a weird world okay. of their own. <laughs> and a couple of Neumann U87s. That sounds like a bomb or something. We say Neumann in the industry. Is it Neumann? Yeah. Okay. And like a couple the Germans of, say. <laughs> okay. And a couple of Neumann U87s. Now those are, those are famous. That one I know. <laughs> About 15 feet away. I was driving them pretty hard on the mic preamps. The PZMs were starting to distort, and the 87s were on the edge of distortion. I compressed the 87s with the 1176s with all of the buttons, and so that they started to really pump. And again, we instantly got a fantastic sound. It was really unique. The room sounded good, so we put up a click, and he just started playing. Put up a click. What's that mean? Just ran a click track through his headphones so he could play to a beat. Okay, got ya. These loops were used on the title track to Fragile and on I'm Looking Forward to Joining You Finally, while we also got a bank Mm. of sounds that were used here and there on different songs. Fragile was where he was rattling chains and dragging them across the ground, or at least that's what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. So in 20, yeah. So in 2010, in a ProSound Web Forum Q&A, Alan said, The drums on I'm Looking Forward were recorded in a room at Nothing Studios. That room had a very distinctive sound as it had a low ceiling, concrete but carpeted floor, and plaster walls. Hmm. There was no studio acoustic treatment, and it used to be one of the viewing rooms from when the building was a funeral home before (laughs) Trent bought it. So many dead bodies. Yeah. We got a load of junk like boxes, bottles, and bits of metal with a bass drum tuned low to sound like a marching bass drum, and Trent went and played a lot of beats at different tempos. I mic'd the drums only on room mics as we wanted it to sound junk percussion-like, kind of a Tom Waits sound. So I used a pair of U87s from a large distance and a pair of PZMs on the wood side of a couple of screens. I compressed them fairly hard with an SSL compressor, but that stereo blend was what we went with, and those drums were from one of those pieces Trent played. Because there were no cymbals, it meant the compression wasn't destructive. Do cymbals ruin compression? Hang on, read that sentence again. (laughs) Sorry. 
Because there were no symbols, it meant the compression wasn't destructive. Oh, okay. Yeah, it would completely change. Like if you had symbols mixed in there and you compressed it to hell with the 1176s, you would be hearing mostly symbol. It would sound like most mostly symbol with other stuff mixed in there. So, oh, okay. So it would like dominate the sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The symbol wash would be raised up to the level of everything else rather than getting these clean crack sounds. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yep. Anyway, that is how the percussion, okay. which I think is one of the standout things on this track. Yeah, it makes it. They sound. You hear that room big time because it's just the room sounds being compressed. Uh, so that that makes a lot of sense that that's how it was done. Do you want to go ahead and play the track? The strings it makes me think of an orchestra like warming up before a theatrical performance or something, right? Oh, yeah, but they're playing they're playing a tritone there. I have to point that out for the Ixie fans. It's like a perfect tritone, one of the like the most blatant example. There's the okay, so the Tom Waits rhythm. Some of it sounds like smacking pieces of wood together, but it could be anything. Low tune drums, I can hear that. The bass is really prominent on this song. There's so few elements. There's the string tritone, the slinky sinister bass guitar the clip cloppy percussion um, and then there's that synth ethereal synth pad that you hear there in the chorus that piano right there just like one little embellishment vocals of course not much else to the song at all that background scream it's one of the coolest things be hitting, you know, a piece of metal trash or something. Who knows? I hear tambourine. I know. I was thinking, is that a tambo? Yeah, definitely tambo. Screaming. What do you think of that? That super low screaming. 
almost more of I've a pillow. I've always liked it, yeah. Pillow technique. I don't think it is a pillow technique, but no, I don't. It's think just it is mixed either. way down. I really like how that's done. That's the thing I wish I could have isolated, just have the track the most, is that scream vocal. Yeah. I had no way of getting it. And the song just kind of slithers away. Quiet little crunchy beat and it's uh, understated bass. Yeah, the bass. Kind of fades, but then it also Ends, just stops. Yeah. Okay. okay. Do you have any clips for us? I do. I do have some Blake's Clips Corner. So the Tom Waits drum loop. You can hear all the little elements a little better there. The bass on the verse part. If your sound system can't reproduce a lot of low end, you'll miss out on a lot of the bass of this and on the album, which is kind of muddy for me. Uh, my first several times listening to this album, I was listening on like really shitty headphones. Yeah, and a pair of like cost headphones or something. <laughs> yeah, it was either some good. like $20 headphones or a really bad boom box like children's boom box uh, the bass changes for the pre-chorus part and then bass on the chorus I like how it bows out there. I don't know what the word is, but it's like, what is this? A Paul Simon album? <laughs> it sounds cool though. Or Peter, Peter Gabriel or something. That classic Trent Reznor blues type scale uh, based on the bridge. It changes up again. so strange and uh, I don't know I don't know how to describe it there it's not quite out of it's good it, it, it's almost like where'd that come from um, those big old bridge drums I always imagined, like, when I was younger, like, Trent Reznor just hitting paint buckets. <laughs> paint buckets. Like, big plastic buckets that you get at, like, Home Depot I or something. I think that might be what 
Alan Mulder gave him for his little, <laughs> stuck him in his little drum room where they used to view the bodies. It's like, here, buddy, just bang on these buckets. Now, this is kind of hidden a little underneath the louder vocals, but what I really like about the drums at the end is that it combines that that uh, bridge part with the original clack, boom, clack, clack. So both parts are kind of overlapped here. You can hear them both. emphasizes those downbeats even more um, and then it the song ends on this really interesting quiet little drum sequence that I I, uh, I kind of brought up to emphasize it here maybe the most electronic sounding thing on the song They're drum machine-y sounding, but really no clue where the sounds are coming from. Just samples, I, I assume, that they collected. And it kind of walks away on that. Um, okay, I think I pulled out some vocals here using the magical, using the magic of AI technology. The smell of sunshine. Yeah, they're far from perfect once again, but still. And I pulled this out because it has, um, it's from the second verse, it has the background screaming, which is like, you know, mixed down to be quieter than a whisper. Yeah. <laughs> but still he's screaming somewhere back there because I just really like how that sounds. Uh, the AI is imperfect, obviously, in pulling it out, but... Daddy. And then my favorite vocal part, uh, the final chorus. I like the three part harmony there. Really like how the scream goes up on the harmony. Yeah. So let's talk about the smell of sunshine. Oh, yes. What does it smell like? It depends on the season. Flowers? Is that, <laughs> it? Is that the answer? No. I oh. think it's probably different for every person. If you ask them, some people will say, no, sunshine doesn't have a smell. Are you dumb? Yeah. And some people will say, oh, no, it has a smell totally. It smells like clover in the springtime or in the winter. It smells like cold. I don't know how to describe it. It smells like cold. <laughs> I don't think that's a smell. Are you sure yes, they're not just is. smelling clover? Look, it has a smell. Some of my, one of my favorite memories... And something that's a very cozy memory I like to crawl back into mm -hmm. is when I lived with my aunt and I slept on the top bunk 
their heating was really weird. It was just like a big furnace in like the main room. It wasn't like central. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And so it would be really cold in the mornings when you would wake up. Yeah. And you would just have this cold because they had like these really high windows. And so you would have this cold sunshine just like coming Ugh. in <laughs> and and I would just be under my blankets and I would hear like there's so many sense memories, but I would I remember being like under my comforter with that sunshine coming in and you could just smell the cold, right? Like you could just mm. smell it. And that's what that sun smelled like was the cold. And then like in the other room, I could hear like my mom and aunt talking like, you know, muffled and distant and just being so cozy and feeling so safe. And so mm. I think that's the feelings that he is conjuring up. Like yeah. there are times still like when I wake up and the sun is hitting me in like a, in a certain way. And I go back to that place where I feel like safe and cozy Again, Mm -hmm. it's really weird. I don't know how to describe it, but I think that's kind of what he's getting to here in a way. I mean, it doesn't really have a smell, but it does. Yeah, it doesn't. Maybe not on a a scientific level. Maybe it does not. But I think it's about sense memories. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I guess he's meaning it metaphorically, obviously. I'm not not actually trying to suggest he's out there sniffing the sun being like, hmm. Smells good. He means it's some. It's it's symbolic, I guess. It's about memories. Okay, I'm not good at lyrical interpretation, but I can tell you that much. Yeah, it's about feeling. I don't know, maybe safe and loved in a particular spot yeah. and time, it and being a, able to conjure that up. It's a nostalgic song. So that's what I think is going on with and that. It's another song of grief. We've had a few on here, I think. Yeah. So. Um. And also, it's never been played live, which I feel is fine. Yeah. This is not something I'd beg for. I feel yeah. like it's a very personal song and some yeah. things are not meant to be played live. Some things are just meant to get feelings out and process. And I think that was maybe what this track was for him. And it's a special track and I'm okay if it's never played yeah, live. Yeah, I, I get why it's never been played live. Probably would be tough to pull off and make it tasteful, I guess. So the big come down. Big come down. Let's... Switch it a, up a little bit here in absolute, mood. <laughs> switching to an absolute banger. One of my faves. So fun fact about the big come down. Mm-hmm. There was a remix contest oh, on Nin.com, right? I was alive for this. I was online for this. And I played with the little flash machine that remixed it. Yeah. So the flash machine, well, we'll talk about the flash machine in a second, but it was Thomas Dolby's beatnik service. Did you know Mm. that? I didn't know that Thomas Dolby made it. Yeah. So we'll talk about it in a second. It was a really weird little thing. Yeah. So Rolling Stone said, if you can't wait for this NIN outpouring, you can pop by NIN.com and remix the Fragiles, the big come down yourself using Thomas Dolby's Beatnik technology. After your own masterpiece is finished, you can either email it to friends or enter it in a contest on the site. And if you prove to be a mini Moby, <laughs> you could win a Les Paul signed by Trent himself. If you prove to be a hell of a vegan who dated Natalie Portman or claims to have dated Maybe. a teenager when you were in your 30s, whatever. I don't cool, dude. Please take the phrase mini Moby <laughs> out of my head because now I'm just thinking of mini me, but he's a Moby. Everyone loved play though when it came out, right? I had it. Yeah, it was great. I just don't want to think of a mini Moby anyway. Although I think Moby was not the like the uh, innovator people thought he was because 
there was a song called like standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand that was that's a lana del rey song right (laughs) (laughs) i think it was primitive radio gods or something that was mixing up those blues samples and techno beats a Mm. little bit before him in my opinion yeah but anyway um Um, you can get those files those flash audio clips uh at they're on nindestruct.com with all the other cool stuff and i downloaded them and it's wild how low resolution they are (laughs) uh they're like i don't know they're just like insanely compressed because you you know it was you should play some of them technology can you put Uh, some of them in here so we can hear what it sounds like if you listen to my the big burn down mashup some of those are in there ah nice uh but it's kind of hard to tell based on that. I, I might throw a few in, but. There is no place I can go. There is no place I can hide. So even if you don't think you've ever used Beatnik, uh, you have probably. What? So it specialized in interactive audio technology, was founded by Thomas Dolby in 1993. Whoa. And the Beatnik technology is what it's best known for, and it was used to provide sound in small file sizes on websites, and later used in billions of phones during the 2000s to play polyphonic ringtones. Oh my god. Most notably, the Nokia tune. So, if you ever downloaded a ringtone or had a Nokia, you probably interacted with uh, Beatnik. That shit is Thomas Dolby's fault. (laughs) I can't believe, I'll never forgive him, I thought I liked him. (laughs) Uh, do you remember the era of like having ringtones and like assigning all your friends different ringtones? Like my mom was like the Halloween theme. Oh, so like. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I just oh, kept you it didn't to do one, that? Really. Oh, I did. We all had so much fun doing that. Like just assigning like the worst possible and most annoying ringtones to people. But now it's like, I don't even, if I hear a phone ringing, I'm like, who the fuck has their phone on? Like who, who is so rude as to actually have their phone on so you can hear it ringing because mine is constantly on silent no i know more phone sounds for me period but yeah i remember the days you could set your uh your ringtone to like a muzak sounding version of my humps so talking about percussion again because again it's a standout on this track in my opinion yeah this one's different than the last one to me (laughs) but this one's very to me sounds very industrial Whatever that may mean to you. So Mulder, um, I believe this is on the same ProSound web forum in 2010. And he was talking about blending like electronic and live drums. And he said that works well on NIN Records because you get the feeling of an organic kit and player. But something unnatural because of the samples. Sometimes this may happen because Trent will have written the track with the drum part he has programmed. And the kick and snare have such character and power that I miss it in the live drums. Mm. So we get samples, MIDI map the live drums, and add them in. This wouldn't work so well for all bands as it may feel too unreal, but it works great for NIN, I think. People are going to comment on you continuing to say (laughs) NIN, by the way. I do not give a shit. (laughs) As I said on another question, I do use samples on 90% of live drums I mix, but I try to blend them so you don't notice them. So he uses samples on 90% of live drums that he mixes. I mean, it sounds like it to me when you really get down to it on... On NIN records. So for the percussion on the big come down specifically, he said it's mainly just programmed kicks, snares, and claps. There are about four kicks and snares all processed and some cut, so they are very clipped. One of the snares has been driven very hard before sampling or into the sampler, and that has brought up the rattle of the snare at the end of the sound. That sample is the main thing that gives the impression of percussion. This is Okay, this is the one that I'm probably thinking of that sounded so wet to me. 
when I first heard this album as a teenager, I thought it sounded that snare sounded like a water balloon hitting a wall or something. Like people talk about, oh, this snare's so wet, um, but this sounds like literally wet. Just a, you know what I'm talking about on I this do. track? It sounds wet at the end. <laughs> I guess it's just the. Com- I want to know the source of this. I mean, I know what a snare rattle sounds like, but this one just sounds particularly wet and it it does it gives it a lot of its character and it's um it draws me in i don't know what i what i love about this wet snare but i just do yeah so this side i think i'm just going to be honest like this side was harder for me to get into when i was younger and i feel like a lot of the tracks on these the whole right side no not the right side i'm sorry i'm talking about just these four tracks in specific like just yeah and i feel like they're all kind of uh growers maybe not showers (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> they're not into the voids, or they just grab you immediately because of the, the catchiness or the tunefulness or whatever. I think the big come down grabbed me pretty early on. Um, one, the wet snare. Two, the really strange guitar lick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just was so wild, and I was like, "Are those even notes?" Uh, I don't know, but I like it. That drew me in. Yeah, I just I always really love this one. I think seeing it live really made me appreciate it in a different way. Live, it bangs uh, unbelievably hard. Yeah. We got to see that. It It was night run one at Red Rocks, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, live, they do it a little bit faster and just harder, obviously. Um, And Robin plays it awesome on guitar. I'm guessing it's, it's not credited to anyone other than Trent, obviously, playing that guitar part. It's just so strange. It's a little unlike him, but... Maybe it's probably just an improv. I don't know that they ended up looping, but couldn't say. All right, let's play it. All right. Yeah, like almost totally out of key guitar part. Yeah, I love it. But it makes it what it is. It's like, is, it, is the guitar tuned? Is it not? What's he doing? Tune me, daddy. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. I don't know. I'm all congested. One of the, one of the most screeched vocal performances of the album. The verses are just very vicious on the yeah. vocals. And then the chorus comes in. It's different. Yeah, it's a little, little softer and nicer. And there's lots of this type stuff going on in this one. And this is the one that might have been called rotation, as as Charlie said, but he wasn't sure. If you'll recall. Maybe we'll never know for we sure. We'll never know. Such simple chorus, but I love it. And another really cool guitar lick thing is added. Yeah, 
all this strange, undistorted guitar for a change. But the song goes very hard because of the, the drums are so tough, you know? That percussion, though. That percussion is wild. You can tell it's definitely a mixture of so many little different samples all kind of blending and it all just continues the same guitar parts continue but the bass guitar comes in the bridge it's a strange atmospheric bridge just a bunch of little synth farts you love your synth farts i think that bass that that squelchy farty synth i think it might be the 303 the roland 303 bass synth which i have the clone of right there that behringer makes oh is that what i got for your birthday yeah but it has a famous squelchy farty bass tone sounds just like what we're hearing here and then some acoustic guitar which is strange love this which i think could be a really distorted ebo on a guitar doing the high parts maybe almost sounds like distorted horns or something but have an you know the album is falling apart at the end uh, type sound which is cool because it's it's right here at the end of the whole record or toward the end definitely gives like a things are coming apart at the seams uh oh Oscar's awake the baby woke up only thing I know about Ebo's is there's an REM song called Ebo the Letter it's a good song Ebo the letter? Uh-huh. What's that mean? I don't fucking know. It's R-E-M. You tell me like what it E-B-O-W? means. E-B-O-W? Uh-huh. Well, people want to hear Oscar meow at least one or two times, so. Okay. All right. Do you got some clips well, for us? Yes, uh, but not to disappoint, but there's not much. First of all, the song is so, so simple. I mean, it's not simple, but it is. There's not a lot to dissect mm-hmm. unless you get super duper granular. And if I had like multi-tracks or something, I could, but I didn't end up, I only ended up pulling out a few things. Look, we will re-record this whole series if we can get multi-tracks. Oh yeah, I if will do If someone has them. I'll do a whole separate podcast where I just do like a investigative journalism <laughs> scouring over every second. Look, we've got two spinoff investigative podcasts going on. One mm. about Dick the Stripper. Finding Dick. And one about finding the multi-tracks for the fragile. Someone out there has them. Whenever we could get Clouser to like uh, get his hard drives out and format them or whatever, <laughs> we he has stuff. He has stuff. Okay, big come down clips. So this is what's going on in the chorus when you take away the percussion and the vocal. 
it's a bass, you know, it's simple. It's just a bass guitar. It's not some fancy synth thing going on. Playing two notes and then this pretty synth pad in the background. Yeah. I really like that part too. I really do too. It's very like fragile in it in the scale. Um, then the uh, then the funky guitars that overlay uh, starting in verse two. I don't know. They're just cool. And finally, a lot of noise at the end, including some really cool like. I don't know if you call it feedback or just squealing. That thing right there. (laughs) Destroying the guitar. Love it. But yeah, another one of those tracks that I feel mostly speaks for itself. Um, and a lot of the stuff with this track was just really hard for the AI to pull out. So. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so live, this has been played live. Um, I think probably just kind of sporadically. I don't think it's really been a set list regular on any of the tours. Um, I think on NI and Wiki, they said maybe the License the Sky tour could have been considered like a regular, but hmm. it's never been like. I feel lucky that we got to see it during, you know, Fragility era. It wasn't uh, on the. I mean, it made its debut. Or did it? Mm -hmm. April 3rd, 2000. Oh, really? But it was, yeah. It's only been kind of sporadically performed. It it didn't like make the the fragility or the, and all that could have been DVD or album, sadly. Maybe he just didn't like the way it, they performed it live at the time. He must not have liked something about it and they couldn't figure it out till with teeth era, I guess. So the album is coming apart and... Things are falling apart, and then we're going to go underneath it all. We're almost at the end here. That's right. Underneath it all. Sister track to The Great Below. Which came first? I don't know. Lyrically, you mean? Yeah, I have a clip on that later. Yeah, lyrically. And melodically. So, I really don't have a lot of notes about this track. I mean, there's just not a lot out there about it. not shocked. Yeah. You don't hear about this track a lot. Yeah, people don't really talk about it. It's never been played live. Right, right. Um, It'd be a difficult one to pull off. It's so such a strange track. There's no traditional type beat other than just like a pounding of the bass mm-hmm. and some electronic stuff we'll get into. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's just kind of, it's got like a repetitive refrain. It's just not... A normal track. I think it works good as a closing, you know, as a penultimate, yeah, me, as a like, closing track. But it's like an anxious build up to the end. It's yeah. barely even a, I don't mean this insultingly, it's barely a song. It's like a, more like a songlet. It's just, it's, it's a transitional piece almost that gets us to the end and yes. really builds tension and anxiety. Yeah. That's what I think of it as too. I don't mm-hmm. really think of it as like a traditional song. Yeah. So why don't we just go ahead and play it? Okay. Starts with that uh, ambiguous rhythm that you can't quite find, but then once that once that beat drop, <laughs> you hear his vocal come in there in a weird way. 
There's like a filter on it. You were asking me what the that percussive thing is there. Uh -huh. To me, it always sounded like a, someone was slamming a screen door shut and it was shaking. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Or a window, like an old rattly window. Yeah. It's It's got to be just some sample of something percussive where a really fast delay is put on it so that it echoes a bunch of times really quick. And this strange anxious guitar that's just three or four notes here pretty much goes throughout. parts coming up this is not a favorite of mine but i do like this part that's coming up vocally here all the harmonies come in we got the choir of trents again <laughs> love choirs of trents this right here yep very nice nice harmonies and it's very short one of the shortest tracks. Kind of like a pretty choir type vocal here, but it's all chopped up to hell. wonder if that was another Klauser chop job going in there and digitally editing. Maybe. I'm, I'm going to play that again because there's that vocal underneath the choppy ones that is not chopped up. I didn't hear it like the first time I listened, but probably not the very first time. No, but the, it's in the lyric book. So I should have known. I think he says, you remain. I am stained. Wasn't there a song called stained on the, the whiteboard with the old titles and rotation and all that. I think people, <laughs> I did my fast shaking, no, you... dude. No one can <laughs> see that. Okay. Jess, Jess always forgets about the whiteboard and you can't forget that whiteboard. I um, do forget about the whiteboard. I'm sorry. Well, the right whiteboard is where we got rotation. Well, I, I know where it came from. I think there was a song on some of those early track lists that was called Stained. And <laughs> they're either referring to the band, Stained. Um, Trent's a big stan. Loves he Aaron loves Lewis. loves that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a reference to this song with the word Stained in it. So yeah, and that's the last lyric we get. Stop licking that big... <laughs> uh, she's licking her olive poker. <laughs> We have big metal. She's literally licking a nine-inch nail. That thing is long too. How? It's a skewer. It's, it's probably, a cocktail skewer. That's got to be at least seven or eight inches. Jess, I need to take a picture. Hang on. Wait, Je no. I'm Jess is like holding shit. a nine-inch nail. You don't look. You look cute. No, I'm wearing my fucking gross, cranky feminist sweatshirt. I'm in no, my jam jams, basically. All right, late. Here, on. I'll hold it. I'll oh. look embarrassed, like when Trent Reznor is holding that nine-inch nails. I'll be like, 
you walk up to this lady holding a nine inch nail. What do you do? Who came up to him and was like, can you hold this nine inch nail while I <laughs> take a picture? Annoying who did fan. That? I don't know. No offense to the annoying fan who made him do that. Cause the that annoying picture fan just unsubscribed legendary. from the Patreon. Legendary. I'm sorry. You know what? You got a legendary picture out of it. He was a good sport about it. He's a nice enough guy. Um, anyway, so the final lyrics of the album are about still feeling you. What do you make of that? Sometimes you just can't shake fucking people off, man. Half-life of love is forever type uh, stuff. This is a half-life of love is forever type situation. If no one knows what that is. It's, it's, it's a Juno Diaz Juno thing, Diaz. my favorite writer. Look him up. Look him up. I was trying to convince Blake to get that tattooed on him with me, but he wouldn't mm. do it. No no tats for this. I'm like Trent, no tats. So I'm just going to do it by myself. Just get my own The Half-Life of Love is Forever tattoo. Whatever. You can do the symbols like I So The one you made do. up on a card? Yeah, did I put it on a card? I think so. It was like an anniversary card. Actually, yeah. I'm just going to get that the tattoo of um, you and me and everyone else we know where it's just back and forth oh, the forever. Butts. The butts. Yeah, don't like that. Yeah, I'm getting that tattooed. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> okay. At the beginning of the song, and this is uh, this is prolonged in the deviations version of the track, if you listen to that, but there, it's like a crunchy little drum loop. You know, it's like barely audible, but I thought it was kind of cool when I brought it up. The screen door decay. Love it. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool, unconventional way to do a beat. I think I have some vocals here. Oh, I I took this out because it's the way his vocal enters. There's like the oh, but it sounds like it's a filter sweeping. To me, it sounds like a formant shift to my audio heads. A formant shift of the the vowel sound say that word again formant or format shift uh -huh. you know in like modern music how they'll i think the weekend everybody does it the pitch they'll do the pitch up or down mm -hmm. and there you can do it with a pitch shift but you can also make it sound like it's going lower or higher but keep the same pitch by doing what's called a formant shift it's, it's really just messing with the eq in the way a vocoder does anyway i think that's what they did uh, on his vocal entrance here. Um, the guitars at the end, I noted that there's also a prominent tritone here.
I remember why I wrote Tritone. Like the whole guitar part of that repeats throughout the song is based on the it's based on the tritone. The bam 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 bam. If you know, you know. You know. I know. Oscar knows. Some more vocal stylings. Okay, that I pulled for a very specific reason. And we talked about it a little bit when doing The Great Below. As you mentioned, they're connected. So this is a comparison between that part and this and The Great Below. I can still feel you. That's Great Below. So same key and everything, same same rhythm, same melody, same lyric. Maybe this is a little little child song and Great Below is the parent song, maybe. A little reprise, a little... Maybe, yeah. Good to put a reprise at the end of your musical. I agree. Uh, then what I call the super harmonies at the end. The choir, another choir of Trinties. All I do I can still feel you. All I do. I can still feel you. Okay. So you want to to uh, collect our collect our thoughts and collect our sanity. You want to take a break before we get to the final track. Sure. That way I can sneeze. All right. We'll be right back. With <laughs> ripe and or decay we'll see we'll see what happens Did I tell you about my weird Cronenberg dream I had? Oh, good. You had a Cronenberg nightmare? Well, yeah. I've had weird dreams lately because I've been taking like NyQuil at night to help me sleep because I'm really congested. Oh, I got those NyQuil dreams. Yeah, they're weird. They're like, they're kind of like melatonin dreams, right? They're just kind of strained. Mm-hmm. Um, but I dreamt that I was back in college, but I still look like me now. So that was weird. Mm. But I was in college. And I was taking a film class. And Cronenberg was your And Cronenberg profess- was my instructor. Wait, really? Yes. Oh, my God. And it was a class on Cronenberg films. It was like, <laughs> surprise, that's Class the on my films. You yep. don't like my films? F. Yeah, and we became like besties. But there were like vibes, like, you know what I mean? Like vibes. By the way, I'm putting this out there right now. Interesting you bring up Cronenberg uh-huh. when we're talking about this track, but we'll get there. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Shit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anyway, that was it. They were just vibes that we, like, you know, dug each other, like in oh. a... Oh, in that way? Yeah, in that way. Jessica, <laughs> you can't go horny for David Cronenberg. Come on. He's kind of hot. Oh, my God. What? He is. I I kind of forget. Uh, I vaguely like remember what he looks zaddy. like. Yeah, okay. Don't Think say about, zaddy. like, Jason X. Hello. Jesus. He's just some dork who gets killed <laughs> in that. <laughs> in that independent Canadian film, Jason X. Am I a silver zaddy? Even though, as I said in my, as I said on Instagram, gray would be the color if I could grow hair. <laughs> yes, you're a silver zaddy because you got it in your beard. Okay. It counts. 
But my hair on my head, it's if it if I just let it grow out, I think it would be all silver. I think it completely. Gray would be the color. I think it completely changed during the pandemic. So well, you know, it I changed mean, us all. Yeah, I've been going gray since I was eighteen, though. I've been going gray since like thirty-ish. Yeah, I just started going gray young. It happens. All right, so let's ripe. talk about ripe. So With two different cake. versions, right? Ripe. So there's just ripe. If you have the vinyl, that's all you get. It's just ripe. And I felt a little shortchanged. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we listened to today, and you're just like, then it just. What? It, it just, just fades, fades out on a guitar strum, <laughs> and I really do miss the decay part. Yeah. If, if you consider it two songs, ripe and decay, and that's the way I kind of think of it. Yeah. I really like that end. I need that end. And he needs that decay. And if you have CD streaming or cassette, you get that. You get that decay. You yeah. get that closure, I think, is what you're <laughs> missing. With vinyl, it almost felt like, oh, do you like that? We're just going to fade out on this, but if you like this... Buy the CD for the, <laughs> you want to hear the ending? Buy the CD. Uh, it's kind of like a cliffhanger, I guess. <laughs> it's like, damn it. I, I needed that because it, it it rocks a good bit harder toward the end, if, if you could call it that. Yeah. So piano, Mike Garson. He's all over the, all the key, over. tickling the keys all over the place again. And violin is credited to Steve Duda. Duda. So Steve, man, uh, you know, just a person of many talents. He was hanging around at the Set time. Set up that studio and played some violin. Mm -hmm. And I think he was also a Buddha boy. Definitely a Buddha boy. Just all over the place. This is a very doodah heavy album. Steve Doodah, where are you? What are you doing now? You listening? You want to come on? You want to talk to us? We'll talk all the doodah day. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> what, how's that thing go? Where does doodah come from? Doodah. It's Camp Town Races. Oh, yeah. Doodah, doodah. Yeah. Camptown races five miles long. Steve Duda Day. <laughs> that's not even clever, but that's it what, made me what laugh though. So Steve Duda, if you want to come talk about Camptown races with us, get on the show. Or the fragile, whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I'd rather talk about Camptown races. Or if you're sick of people singing your name to Camptown yeah, races like, and you want to vent about it, he let had us to know. live with that as a child in school. I'm sure he does not think it's funny at this point. You know what I get randomly from people? Uh, Jessica, what? I'm thinking my last name. I get asked a lot like... Pharaoh, if it's with a PH. No, damn it, Blake, no. What? I get asked randomly if I'm related to Ronan or Mia. Oh, okay. Because mm -hmm. it's not like a super common last name, so it seems like it could be, like I could be related to... Do you say, to, do you tell them yes? Uh, I'm like distant cousins, man. That's where I get I was like, dude, looks. do you think if I were related to them that I would be in fucking Springfield Mo? Working yeah. as a tech writer. No, I'd be writing Living that Nepo that. baby. Mm -hmm. Nepo baby. I'd be like a production assistant somewhere and then become a big time film director. I don't know. You could but be a writer like Ronan. I could be an investigative journalist. I could be married to a director who divorces me for our adopted daughter. Whatever, you know. Actually, were they officially married? I don't know. Before people turn it off, let's talk about yeah. Ripe with Okay, the sorry. That was a weird segue. I blame, I blame the Dayquil. I call it a tangent. Jessica's high as hell. Okay. What do you expect? <laughs> Sorry. Dayquil does things to me. Okay. So what were you saying about Duda? <laughs> oh, just, hey, Duda, if you want to come on and talk, Steve, let okay, us know. He played violin. Yes. Credited with violin on some this cool, track. It's almost country vibes, you know, with the, almost fiddle-like. Kind of. 
I, don't, I get a little bit of country vibe with some of the violin parts. That's all I'm saying. Well, I get it with some of the tracks anyway. Just some kind of like sp- like westerny, yeah, spaghetti westerny vibes from mm. some of the guitar parts. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sorry. What's that guy's name? Ennio Morricone. We'll get there. We'll get there. I don't even know if I said it right. It sounds like exactly like Morricone music. Um. Yeah. So. Let's go ahead and play Ripe, and then you can point out where the decay comes in. So, yeah, because Ripe is not streaming, as far as I know, we're going to play what you hear on the CD, or cassette, which is the six and a half minute long ordeal. That is the final track. Here it goes. So just some very solemn strumming in. Three four, might I add. Nice. The rhythm could throw you off because it's not it's not difficult to find, but it's just like it's so slow and there's no beat. Super subdued and minimal though. How do you feel about ending the album on this long, strange, instrumental, moody? I like it. It's got good yeah. end good, of album vibes. Good mood, good vibes. Well, I wouldn't say it's a good mood. Not good, not good, but <laughs> it, it is a vibe, and it's good to vibe out too for the end of the record. And it's a long vibe, and just the foreboding bass note that is sustained through much of this song. part's super repetitive and if you're listening to just like the vinyl version this is pretty much all you get is the (laughs) this guitar part over and over and then it fade there's like a three minute long fade out of this almost like crickety sounds we're gonna get to bug sounds yeah we got some downward spiral bug sounds coming up yeah speaking of like the title like to they call it decay and yeah as we talked about on downward spiral there was stuff that mimicked the sound of insects insects buzzing around carry on or whatever Uh we have what sounds like actual samples of flies buzzing around something dead or decaying much more um, literal in this one I guess that's Mike Garson um, playing around on the keys there I'm glad they're still buddies. Yeah. Would have loved to see him. Live, I mean. He's still around, obviously. There he goes. Where does that style come from? Know, just, just being really fucking amazing just all over the place <laughs> just. wasn't he like an, a music teacher and kind of plucked out of obscurity Dude, by I don't know by the, yeah very similar to what he does on just like you imagined those sounds yeah the, there's the buzzing flies or 
buzzing around the decay. If this were just the ripe section, it would fade out on this and nothing but this, but we get something much more interesting that comes in. that fiddle. There's like a there's like a one note synth beeping uh, there. It's like that Nathan for You episode where he uses the smoke <laughs> detector it's as an instrument. more pleasant sounding than that. It's more <laughs> melodic, but yeah, I can well, yes. mean because it's one note. It slows down. And this is like a false... Okay, even more... Uh, Insects. Yeah, it's like it a false like ending almost. Crickets and mixed with like a flying. It's like, oh, is the album going to end on the sound of the bugs? No, that bass. Cicadas. Yeah, you're right. Very trenty bass line comes in. This album has him playing bass guitar so much. Bass me, daddy. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know either. This really cool drum sequence thing comes in that sounds like a sounds like a smooth train, almost. You know, like train going over the tracks. You know that noise? Oh, like, I know that noise. But like slow and smooth, and not uh, not abrasive. Oh, I've ridden a train. <laughs> so there aren't lyrics, but there are Trent vocalizations. Trent vocals, uh-huh. And then the really cool guitars start to come in. Can't believe you're deprived of this on the vinyl. Yeah, this, and the rhythm on the, this is 4-4, four, four, this section. It took me a while to kind of figure that out because it's an, yet another difficult to pin down, like downbeat. Or maybe it's not for some people, but it took me a while. It's like, oh, it's just like a plain 4-4. Four, four. But there's no like kick drum or anything to lead you along, but it's still really cool. The funkiest ass uh, guitar you ever heard. Well, not ever heard, but comparatively. And the album ends on guitar squealing, <laughs> which I was thinking about it. Pretty Hate Machine ends on a guitar. What I'm almost certain is a guitar, like almost sounds like it's shorting out, going nuts mm-hmm. at the end of Ring Finger. And Ring Finger. Downward Spiral ends on this really dissonant guitar sound ring out uh-huh. of a really, the evil sounding chord, tritone. Um, and then the Fragile ends on guitar squeals. He likes to end albums on guitars. I don't know. What is with teeth end on? Not a, a little piano. It's piano. <laughs> okay, so he changes up the formula there, but 
see, yeah, a strange mood to end on, a bold ending, mm-hmm. but also understated. It's weird. Do you have any clips that you wanted to share at all from this one? Yes, of course I do. Of course I do. Uh, the Garson piano, first of all. wanted to highlight his um his talents again i know it sounds like he's just randomly pressing keys down you know but uh if you'll pay attention to a video of him playing just like you imagined with nine inch nails on stage he's got sheet music up there i don't know what the fuck he's doing but uh i guess i don't know only he knows but it's not random if he's got sheet music you know what i'm saying I mean, if he's trying to recreate those sounds live, he might need sheet music yeah, to I remind know, but it's him so weird how to I, do it. Most, I, I think people would just assume he's. <laughs> There's an art just to improvisation, you sure, know. Sure. So I could never do it. I can barely do verbal Couldn't improvisation. Are you kidding? True. I'm. Same here. The worst. That's why we got to highly edit this podcast. <laughs> okay, one of the more interesting things I found yesterday. And you know, I said to keep Cronenberg in mind. Oh, yeah. So what I'll call the little motif. My new bestie, Cronenberg. Professor Cronenberg, yeah. So those three notes. I always thought those were, that part was striking. And I talked about the video drum score on a previous episode and I couldn't really find the right parts. Um, I wasn't looking in the right place, but I found, I found what I was looking for. So a couple comparisons here, not just that, but I call this video drum versus the fragile. This is the Howard Shore, Howard Shore's video drum, uh, score. Yeah. Score. And I, I transposed, clips by a few half steps to make them match but it's the same thing just slightly transposed that's ripe this was really interesting to me this is Howard Shore this is the frail. My man was watching video drum while, <laughs> while he wrote this album. I swear to God. It's just it's just three or four notes when you really come down to it. 
so that does not make a copyright violation. Uh-huh. I just thought it was interesting to hear it twice on the same album. It's a little homage, maybe. Yeah, could it's be an a... influence. Is all I'm saying. Could be an yeah. influence. Okay, so if you if you listen to just the ripe version on vinyl, I was just going to play a little clip of how it sounds. Of course, we do the Garson part, and then it just. It fades out on this, but it takes like three full minutes to do it. I kind of shortened it. The bu- the fly buzzing and the acoustic guitar. That's all you get till you buy the CD or stream it. Um, I made a loop of the drums in the decay portion because I think they're really cool. The, the subway train drums, whatever you want to call them. I get down to that beat, you know? That's cool. And I, I isolated the uh, Trent vocal part a little better. Made it a little more clear that he he's doing this interesting... Uh, That's the last we hear of Trent's voice on the fragile. So there you have it. That's the fragile. That was the fragile. Oh God. Oh my God. We survived we've Halo been, 14. We've been doing this since uh, summer. <laughs> we were going to have summer of the fragile, fragile summer. Uh-huh. And it became fragile fall and winter. Uh-huh. Um, and we're still going to do a wrap up episode. We're right? still going to wrap up episode. And then we still have to get through the rest of the fragile era. Cause you still got yeah. things falling apart. But that's just an era. At least we're going to move off this halo, you know? It's true. But yeah, we you're not gonna get our, our rating because we rate these we rate each halo in inches out mm-hmm. of nine. We do. You're not gonna get ours until the wrap up episode, I guess. No. Wrap up episode. I still have to think about it because I don't know what I'm gonna give it. So Oh, I already know. <laughs> A zero. Just kidding. Ouch. <laughs> At least give it one inch. Wouldn't that be awful if I was yeah. like, I fucking hate Hated this it. album? <laughs> God, what a what a waste of months of my life. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, um, yeah. So we will do a wrap up episode and cover things that maybe we missed or things we wanted to elaborate upon. So if you have any knowledgeable tidbits or if you have those multi tracks and want to send them our way, feel free to yeah email us at nailedpod at gmail If you're listening and you know someone who might have the tracks, if you are Steve Duda. And do you want to come on and talk about your violin work? Hey, <laughs> we're all ears. Or fiddle, whichever you might call it. I'm going to go with violin because that's what it says in the credits. Oh, so. okay. All right. Does not say fi- it does not say fiddling by Steve Duda. <laughs> um, yeah. So I vote that we wrap this episode up because I am... My day quill. I'm in my day quill weirdsies right now. She's in the, you've heard, heard of the lavender haze. This is the day quill haze. <laughs> Move aside, Taylor Swift. It's a really weird headspace. And also you're still kind of congested. Is it a good headspace to be in to finish up the fragile? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, the fragile's so like psychedelic-y in, in a way. Uh, so cinematic and surely so. Surely it helps. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. So... 
Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I have to collect my thoughts before I can really give thoughts on this album. Yeah. I have to collect them and then we'll come back. We will come back. But yeah, anything else to say before we do that? Um, I can't think of anything else. Um, we still have all kinds of bonus ups to cover, things that we might have missed, if you're wondering. Yes, yeah. we'll come back to the Starfuckers video. Yes, we're we going to do all those things that we promised. If you're not on those bonus episodes yet, I know some people are saying they wish they had more episodes to check out. Uh, check out the bonus feed, patreon.com slash nailed pod. We just did a the first nailed book club, and you'll never believe what Jessica picked to read. And by book club, I mean one person read the book. <laughs> And I commented on her uh, <laughs> recollection of it. By book club, it was just me. The most controversial episode we've ever dropped. Mm. So many Maybe. people were offended in the comp. No, not not one, not one mean uh, remark thus far. I was really scared, though. We weren't. I don't really think what we did was controversial. Nah. We were pretty even-handed with it. Well, I, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, join, sign up for Patreon, $5 minimum to get all those episodes and right. to get access to the Discord where you can meet all kinds of new friends and Lana Del Rey stands and, uh, <laughs> yeah, some people are, it's uh, really popping off in there though. It's getting, the Discord is getting piggy, piggy Swifties. What do you call them? Swift piggies. Swift piggies. There's at least, there's two of us. Come on. There's at least two of Come you. Come get a special, uh, role in the <laughs> Discord. Um, if the uh, the NIN official discordance is uh, too big for you, come we on know a down. cozy place, a warm yeah. place, <laughs> you might say. It's at the the Nailed Pod Patreon. That's Nailedpod right. Nailedpod All of our stuff is there. All of our socials. Follow us, please. Yeah. And do we have any new patrons we need to shout out? Okay. Yes. So thank you to new patrons for joining up. Peter, Alex. Joanna, Dustin, and Blue. Blue? First name, Blue. That's, I just read the first names. That's all I do. Is it like B-L-E-U? No, it's not like Blue, like the French. <laughs> anyway, uh, so do thank you, you all very much. Do you think it's Blue of Dabadi, Dabada, Dabadi mm, fame? Not like Eiffel 65 type oh. thing. Oh. Uh, there's some cool new merch, including winter beanies. And a mug I designed that's kind of ugly, but kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, Jess did a really interesting. <laughs> Jess, there's two. The mug has two sides. One has what I call the nailed McDonald's logo, and I really like it. And Jess, <laughs> Jess came up with the design. I doodled it on a post-it. And yeah, gave it to it's Blake. cute. The other side is a little phrase that I came up with. Mm -hmm. The mug says. What does it say? Don't talk to me until I've had my fist fuck. That's right. Your morning fist fuck. So, yeah, check that out. Meldpod.com. Mm -hmm. And special thanks, as always, to Tyler Snell for our art. Mm -hmm. And to Christopher G. Brown, our intern, for uh, assistance with research. And yep. Thanks, everybody who listens, obviously, as yes. always. Yes, and to all our supporters and patrons. Thanks for all you do. Okay. All right. We're going to go... I don't know. Do laundry? No. Probably it's a Saturday. It's time to do my chores. Laundry time. Chore time. Laundries, recycling. Usually we like go. It's night and we go like watch a movie, go to bed, whatever. Yeah, usually that's what we do after we podcast. We just go and watch like a dumb horror movie and go to sleep. Don't know what to do with myself now. Yeah, I guess you could just start editing. E. <laughs> 
this dive. I'm sorry. It's it's delayed. It's my fault. It's not delayed. For being sick, but whatever. Not delayed. <clears throat> well, we just recorded at a weird time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, thank you everyone again. And um, fist fuck forever. I don't know what to say. Fist fuck forever. Keep fist fucking in the free world. We'll see you next time, folks, for the fragile wrap up. And didn't that make you feel better? <laughs>